Welcome to Happy Talks with Dr. Alice and Donovan. Dr. Alice Fong is a holistic naturopathic doctor and founder of Amour de Soie Wellness. And Donovan Jensen is a software engineer and founder of HowToHappy.com. Together, they're out to cause more happiness in the world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Happy Talks. My name is Dr. Alice, and this is my awesome co-host, Donovan. And today we are talking about why is happiness so fragile? So Donovan, what are your initial thoughts when it comes to the fragility of happiness? <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of people end up sort of frustrated by the fact that they aren't happy as often as they want to be, or like they get unhappy and then they feel like they should be able to just change that. Right. And I think that all kind of feeds into like the perspective or the mindset that you have around happiness kind of influences how much happiness you do or don't have. So mm -hmm. if you think that that happiness is something that you're supposed to have all the time, then you get frustrated with it when you don't. Mm -hmm. um, I think like fragility and happiness is, is about sort of getting a more realistic or reasonable mindset around how happiness is, is going to happen throughout your life. You know, right. it's just like, it is, it is different than just, an emotion right because uh, there's like something like anger or something but it has sort of similar patterns in the sense of you wouldn't be upset like why am i not angry all the time like i'm only angry for like certain times and then it like ebbs and flows and things change or whatever else and happiness sort of fits in to the same pattern where like sometimes you'll be happy and sometimes you won't um but i think sort of your mindset can make something that naturally ebbs and flows even more fragile than than it is to begin with um that's sort of my rough take to to start with i'm curious what sort of thoughts you have yeah i think uh it's somewhat similar and i know we've talked about the idea of happiness being being 100 percent happy 100 percent of the time is very unrealistic expectation and setting yourself up for failure and so you know going with the ebbs and flows of our emotion but can we influence it absolutely i think there's a lot of tools and mindset shifts that we can to enhance the frequency of happiness um to build more resilience from depression or low points um but is it guaranteed that <laughs> no because life happens and life sucks sometimes and that's totally okay and I like the example you used about anger it's like typically no one's a hundred percent angry all the time that would I mean there could be people that are more angry more often than others which uh, I don't think is a great life <laughs> to live that's probably gonna lead to a lot of stress and um upset in your relationships and your quality of life but yeah I think turning it on to other emotions is a good way to kind of view it just adding on to that as I think about sort of what comes most naturally to most people mm -hmm. um, when it comes to happiness like we're more likely to notice and pay attention to things that are negative and if you don't have sort of a skill set or a baseline set of habits built up mm -hmm. to sort of like process those things mm -hmm. you people are generally more likely to sort of be unhappy just because 
the way like your mind works is to pay attention to those negative things so that you don't get hurt or injured or taken advantage of or whatever else. Mm -hmm. And it takes more massaging than is typically natural to get your mind into sort of a place where you can process those things more quickly. Um, I don't think they're, uh, you know, it's like one to one, a hundred percent. Like we happen to notice more negative things. Therefore we are going to be unhappy more of the time. But Mm -hmm. I think the natural direction of that relationship leans towards sort of uh, the baseline is like to be unhappy more often. Now, obviously everyone's individual baseline varies, but in general brains are like wired to pay more attention to negative things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. I think, you know, when I hear read this statement, why is happiness so fragile? I, I do think, you know, I I feel like we're both generally happy people <laughs> in general. I mean, obviously not 100% of the time, but but to say I'm like I'm thinking of a adjective that's a little more than just happiness, like ecstatic or excited or something. That's a little like the the higher levels of happiness um where you know, our our rare incidences like you know, celebrating my birthday or when I was at a concert listening to a favorite band kind of a thing. Those moments are obviously temporary. They're not going to last forever. And so I think when I think of those incidences, it's, it's, it is fragile. (laughs) It's only going to be lasting for, you know, a few minutes or a few hours and then kind of back, back to life because I can't experience that all the time. Um, but I don't, I don't get upset about that. Um, and I don't think it's, (laughs) would you feel like people would get upset about that because they're not like, or do you know people that are just kind of like trying to constantly seek out the high of life, if that makes any sense? Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't, I, I don't know anyone at the moment that I would put in that category, but I have absolutely known people who fall into that bucket of sort of just like having an expectation of very high positive emotional state all the time. Mm-hmm. And to chase that, they go after things that are high pleasure activities, right? And we've talked about this before, but like typically just engaging in high pleasure activities for a long period of time ends up with negative consequences. Um Not always. There's stuff like exercise that people tend to enjoy, but like those also tend to come with more effort than things like drinking a lot or or things in that category. So I've definitely seen people sort of get stuck up on this mindset or uh, in a related note, like very, very depressed or frustrated when they're not able to hit those highs all the time. Mm -hmm. And to take it back to sort of this like idea of happiness being fragile. I have also witnessed quite a few instances um, where people are up riding on one of those highs. So for example, like very drunk or something like that, right? Like having a really good time. And then some small negative thing will happen and completely switch, you Mm. know, where their focus and attention is and bring them down into like a very negative place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, again, just like what I was saying before, like if you don't have sort of patterns or mindsets or or tools to help you work through 
some of those other things, your attention can just get dragged away from you. And it's very easy to find yourself unhappy or at least just not like paying attention to your mood. Mm. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that of, you know, I almost think of the the things that people get addicted to or the things that provide that high. And I, I know we've talked about something similar of, you know, maybe it's sex or drugs or whatever it is that produces that, but it's, it's almost, and I don't remember if we've, well, we probably did, but I, I remember that, you know, it's like just a distraction. It's like distraction from being like present in the, in the moment and needing like this external force to, to create that um, enhanced sense of happiness when it's, it's almost like manufactured in a way and not, uh, I don't know what the word I would say, <laughs> not authentic. Yeah. Well, sort of in a similar note, but on a different mm-hmm. wavelength a little bit, I, I've also seen and experienced sort of things that once made me happy, genuinely, mm-hmm. like things that actually worked mm-hmm. uh, either over time or just like some instance happens where like they no longer um, mm-hmm. make me happy or bring me joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that just speaks again to sort of like the fragility of happiness where like you can't even necessarily rely on the things that have worked for you in the past, that's kind of a constant, like, and it doesn't always have to be, but it can be a constant journey of sort of exploration and searching and like experimenting mm-hmm. to sort of optimize around what's going to make you happy again. Like you can't get to this magic a hundred percent. Right. Um, but there are sort of experiments and activities you can do to sort of like try to influence some of these outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say for myself, I mean, I think of activities that that do produce happiness, but not necessarily like highs, like working out, I know definitely improves my mood, but I don't would say it like gives me a high and I'm super happy after my workout. I feel good. I don't feel bad, but, um, and I know some people experience like the, the runner's high or workout high or whatever they might get but I also think of like things um when we I think we've talked about this in the the pleasure episode of like foods if I ate my favorite food every single day uh like chocolate cake or that's not my favorite food I don't I have to ponder that (laughs) but if I ate cake every single day it would kind of be satisfying initially maybe for a few days but then after a while you get kind of tired of it and actually I've rotated through various cereals um because I'll I'll eat it like every day for a week or two and then I'm like ew I don't want to eat it anymore and it just loses its like enjoyment after a little while um when it becomes like too much of it yeah I think that's a really good example of sort of the process and I I think if you're more cognizant and aware of like how certain activities or foods or whatever Mm -hmm. else can have diminishing returns of happiness as you like repeatedly do them. Mm -hmm. Um, It can help you to not get so caught up. Um, (laughs) Cereal is maybe not one of those things, but there's definitely like (laughs) activities and stuff where as I've done them more and lost enjoyment from it, Mm -hmm. um, 
I've gotten like really frustrated around just like, yeah. oh, I really used to enjoy doing this and just like more and more I don't. Now, sometimes I've been able to to get myself out of that by uh, challenging myself more mm-hmm. or sort of like finding a different angle or way to make that thing novel. Mm-hmm. But other times I've just had to leave the stuff behind and find new stuff. Yeah. Um, but I think that can be a really hard and frustrating process for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get that. You know, it does suck to constantly have to find maybe new avenues I mean I think there's there's a balance of things that you know will work and will continue to work um and then there's things that are gonna change and evolve and that's kind of how life goes and maybe you don't know which ones will change and evolve and which one will stay stagnant and provide a sense of happiness every time um but yeah I think it's it's a good way to kind of view it on that note, I, I think that's why it's so important to regularly, or at least, you know, on a somewhat regular basis, mm-hmm. check into your values, because those are the things that generally will provide happiness for people. It's like, once you know what those values are, and, and they can also change over time, but it tends to be slower than sort of a day-to-day type of thing. It tends right. to be like a year-to-year, mm-hmm. decade-to-decade sort of, sort of motion, but generally when you know your values you can use that as a starting point to sort of explore activities and find things that will provide happiness in a way that is more reliable than what most people do i think uh sort of just like by chance right like mm-hmm. oh you know i'm sick of doing this kind of exercise maybe i'll just do this other one without realizing that actually maybe the value that you're getting from your first form of exercise is is sort of like socializing or like group activity Mm -hmm. right like if you move from like partner workouts to going on your own or whatever yeah so paying attention to sort of your values or like finding ways to hook the activities that are working for you back into values Mm -hmm. gives you a more useful base to try to like make future decisions out of when things uh don't work as much because again values tend to be more stable so you tend to be able to start there and have many different uh, possible activities to choose from, as opposed to, you know, if you're just going in blind, you're just sort of throwing a dart and hoping you hit a bullseye. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point you made because for, for me, I can really relate to that because I've, I've learned through a lot of trial and error that me trying to go to the gym by myself is not sustainable and not enjoyable (laughs) either. So I, I am one of those people that have to work in like a group setting because I just get more out of it um, typically and I enjoy it more and I'm more likely to go and I'm more likely to want to go <laughs> and that makes all the difference. And I, I actually just was thinking about how my like most of them, most values stay stagnant and the same, although I'm, I was thinking of how some of them may have evolved and changed and I'm like, or is it just aging? <laughs> <laughs> that has, has changed me because I think of like in my early 20s of, you know, going out to dance parties or clubs and and having fun and, you know, partying and being out till late in the night. And that was that was enjoyable. And, and when I look at myself now, the idea of doing that actually just... 
I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I don't. That sounds terrible to me <laughs> to, to be up late at night, to not be home by like 10 or 11 sounds terrible because <laughs> I value sleep now. Whereas when I was in my early 20s, sleep wasn't as a big of a priority and like socializing and having fun was a bigger priority. Um, but now I know sleep is absolutely a top value for me. So it's, it has shifted over the years. And I'm like, is that aging or maturity or just a shift in <laughs> values? And I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how this will land for you. But yeah. here's sort of the way that I characterize it for myself, which is, yes, my values have changed somewhat, like decade mm -hmm. to decade, but in general, year to year, day to day, they don't. However, the way that I try to fulfill those values has changed drastically throughout my life. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I guess I'll just call it like comp competition, right? Like I have a value of like being competitive. Like that's something that just like is part of my being. Mm -hmm. When I was younger, I used to try to chase that in terms of, well, how do I beat everyone else? Like I would get really frustrated when I lost at something and be very focused on like, how do I beat everyone else? Yeah. As I've gotten older, the way that I fulfill that value has shifted a little bit towards like, how do I beat the benchmark I set for myself last time? Even if, even if it is something like soccer, right? Mm -hmm. I spend less and less time looking at like, how do I make sure this other person loses and more and more time on like, how do I make sure that I am performing the best that I can? Mm -hmm. And that may sound um, sort of like a subtle shift, but yeah. to me, that's that's the majority of the changes that I've seen across my values, which is to say that like the value is still there. Mm -hmm. The way that I chase it has changed. And mm -hmm. sometimes the way that I chase things or like choose to, to chase them in the future has changed in a way that it seems like almost I'm chasing something else. Right. Because when I, when I was, uh, when I had this other version of competitiveness, I used to spend a lot more time trying to like get in other people's heads and tear them down and like, do do these other things that uh, serve that value in a way that looked very different, mm -hmm. um, you know, like externally, right? Like if you were someone else that I was playing some sort of like sport or game against or with, like the difference was was drastic. All that is to say that like maybe for your example, right? Like maybe you still have this value of like relationships or whatever and the way that you used to chase it. And I don't know, it could be something completely different. It could be a uh, novelty. It could be whatever else, but like just the way that you chase it has shifted in a way that like, okay, health is still a priority or like health has always been a priority. But now I'm, I'm realizing that like to chase relationships by doing this way, I'm sacrificing health. And so like, it's, it's less about, values shifting drastically and more about like hey i can sort of rearrange the way that i chase values to sort of negatively impact my other values less i don't know if that lines at all though i'm curious what your thoughts are yeah i would i would say you know relationships have always been an important value to me to build connection and have deeper relationships and back in those days when i would go to like these late night dance parties um it it did build a lot of good deep friendships with a lot of them um but i'm realizing that uh that i can do that 
in normal business hours, <laughs> not in the middle of the night. And so without having to sacrifice my sleep. And as I've gotten older and definitely, you know, by the time I was in med school, I've, I just sleep became such a in critical value to me that I almost prioritize it over most most other values it's like yeah definitely above relationships I mean I love people I love um, intimate authentic deep conversations but it's like if I'm not sleeping well I'm probably not going to be a great person to be around (laughs) generally yeah yeah so I think in in my experience right from the stuff that I've seen like having more what awareness a a more awareness of your values and more ability to see how like different trade-offs play against each other has allowed me to have more control over my happiness or more influence I guess is a better word Mm -hmm. um I'm curious if you have felt the same way in terms of like have you felt like things get have gotten less fragile in terms of your happiness as you are more able to like tune into sort of these different trade-offs and stuff I would say so. I think the more tools I've developed and the more self-awareness I've I've developed through through various means from books and therapy and professional help and courses and classes and all sorts of things, I think it's built my resilience to not let like the little things really weigh me down because I've kind of come to understand that life has challenges and that's part of life and actually in hindsight when i look at those challenges i've already endured and persevered through it it made me stronger it made me um more resilient and not like i'm able to like zoom out more frequently and able to see it in the big picture in the grand scheme of things like if i get a flat tire it's like it's not the end of the world. I didn't get in a car accident, which would have been worse. Uh, yeah, it's just like, you know, it sucks, but I'll move on and I'll get through it. And, you know, for the most part, life is pretty good. So, you know, I can't expect it to be great all the time and go perfectly the way I want it to all the time because that would not be realistic. And I think having acceptance for that has allowed it those more difficult moments to kind of be able to move through them quicker. Yeah. It sounds like to me sort of, uh, or like a takeaway for me would be like, it seems like happiness is less fragile. The Mm -hmm. more, uh, I'll say control, but it's probably not the right word, more experience you have, I guess, with like your frames and your focus. And by that, I mean like, the more experience you have sort of contextualizing what's going on in your life in a way that doesn't make you unhappy. Mm-hmm. And the more experience you have moving your fo- focus towards things that uh, are not going to cause unhappiness too. And then the same way we've talked about with like watching a bunch of news or whatever else, like yeah. more experience you have with, with your frames and focus, the the less fragile happiness becomes. Definitely. Great. Well, I think we covered this topic pretty well. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Nope. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in this week. We appreciate you. And if you appreciate us, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and help spread the happiness in the world. 
We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Happy Talks with Dr. Allison Donovan. We hope you got something of value to help bring a little more happiness into your life. What lesson or takeaway did you get from today's episode? For more tips and tools, be sure to check out my website at dralicefong.com and you can find me on my social media handles at dralicefong. You can find me at howtohappy.com and follow me on my social media handles at howtohappy. Catch you next time. time.